You like looking at yourself? Yes. <laughs> Are you the prettiest baby ever? Yes. That's right. Are you the smartest baby ever? Yes. Can you say, I'm so smart? I'm so smart. I'm so brave. I'm so brave. And I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. And I could do anything. I can do anything. And That's I, right. And I love daddy more than mommy. I love daddy no, even more. No, just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Good afternoon. Or morning or night, whatever time you're listening. Good quarantine. <laughs> I hope you guys are all not going crazy while you're quarantined in. We're day six of quarantine. Yes, and I much rather liked quarantine while we were in the hot weather in Florida. Yeah. We come back from kind of like a, a little extended not even a vacation because we were working and and trying to find a home which we did but we come back and now we can't see any human life (laughs) it's true i don't know if we gave you the update that our offer was accepted and we definitely got the house Uh, pregnancy brain forgive me i can't remember if we told you yet i don't know either but we our offer was accepted we found a home and we're really really excited about that so pumped but, you know, simultaneously, no joke, we interviewed our guest for today and she she had actually reached out to me. She DM'd me on Instagram and I'm so glad that I saw her because now I, I am getting a ton of DMs these days and it's difficult for me to, to see them all. But every single comment I definitely read and respond to and I used to be able to read and respond to every DM, but now it's like my inbox does get flooded and, yeah. and it's really sad. I, I, I never really liked people that said, oh, I can't read all my DMs. I was like, oh, who do you think you are? But now I'm there. Like, I'm not able to read them. But every single comment I do read. But anyways, needless to say, this girl, Alex Willis, I shouldn't say just this girl. She's a scientist. She's very, very professional. Out of Canada, right? Yes. And she is very, very knowledgeable about the COVID virus because she's been working behind the scenes alongside her colleagues. And we asked her some very important questions. And we got a lot of great info about it because there is so much information and so much details of COVID-19. You don't know what's real. You don't know what to believe. You don't know how to prepare what to do. And we cover it all from someone that's on the front line of this disease, really. Absolutely. So that's the thing is that I don't like to live a fear-based life. Doug and I, you know, while we were in Florida, we heard about it, of course. It wasn't nearly as extensive there as it is back here in New Jersey and New York area. Until like the last week that we were there. I mean, we left a week early because of this. Thank God, because we were supposed to fly home actually tomorrow. And last night I got a note saying our flight was canceled. And I was like, I don't know if they're grounding flights. I don't know what they're doing. I don't want to know. It was like a ghost town in Newark Airport. Thank God. Yeah. So in any case, long story short, we have Alex on to kind of just like debunk all of the myths out there because there is information coming from every single news outlet. Someone has something to say about this virus and it's like, what is real and what is not? And should we truly be quarantined or is it okay to go to the beach? Is it okay to go to the playground? And I think most important though is once everybody does start to quarantine themselves and practice this self-isolation there's measures that you have to take on a personal level. A lot of the news that I've been watching, it's like the hospitals are this or it's spreading in this country, but very little talk in depth and detail about the signs and symptoms, how to prevent it, how to wash your hands, how to just stay hygienic and how to prevent your family from exposure. 
Yeah, so we just dive right into the nuts and bolts with her. We'll bring her on later. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about how we flew home though. So it, it was, <laughs> I mean, we had we packed our life up in less than twenty four hours. Our, we genuinely did our Florida life, and then it was understood that we were going to get masks and gloves for the airport to get there. We were going to sanitize everything. Jamie pretty much had like a, a holster, like a gun holster with hand sanitizer <laughs> in. If you left the car. You were getting hand sanitized. Before you touch the door, we would roll down the window and sanitize our hands. It's true because this is after talking to our guest today, Alex Willis, I'm not taking this lightly anymore. And I don't think that any of us should because it's actually killing people out there. And I think the majority of you guys listening and for us too, like we're, we're young, we're healthy, we're really not at risk so much. But the problem is if you get exposed to it, you're not really showing signs and symptoms, but then you go hang out with your parents who are elderly or your grandparents, or I've heard that newborns in particular are at very high risk. And obviously, you know, I'm super duper pregnant, which after we had this conversation with Alex, I was like, okay, so how am I going to deliver? my baby do I go to the hospital do I stay home do I go to a birthing center yeah which we're gonna certainly get into but I do want to mention too that we still have it's day six we still have all of our luggage in our garage right now yeah I've really taken this very very seriously and I know some people might think I'm cray cray but I I genuinely thank you because I genuinely do not want to catch this virus and accidentally give it to your parents who could die from it well plus because Alex gave us kind of the life cycle of this virus how long it stays on certain surfaces and plastic and I am out of underwear because Jamie now wears my underwear (laughs) to bed and all the rest of my underwear is still in our suitcases which we're going to start to kind of power through this weekend but I'm I'm literally wearing my baseball pants my baseball spandex (laughs) that I've been wearing for the last day and a half it's so true. I, I can't really fit into a whole lot of my clothes anymore. And I can't really blame the belly because it's like my thighs and my tush. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it wasn't real for me until they said that Disney was going to close and that they were enacting a curfew in some places. Like New York City is now called the epicenter. It is startling how fast this spread and how it's spreading through the country. And there's so many people out there that are complaining about this self-isolation But if you stop doing the self-isolation, if you stop doing the quarantine, this is going to last longer. That's the that was the whole point of this interview was how do we stop it? How do we prevent it? And as soon as I got home, like I was already working remote. Thankfully, my company in software sales, everything I could do is online and over the phone. But the company itself put a rule out. Everybody has to work from home. They've now said that they were going to cut salaries back a little bit, which is okay because they're not doing layoffs. But this company I work for is 130 years old. They've survived the Great Depression. They survived World War II. And this is like the next troubling event in world history. And a company that is well-funded, very profitable, I cannot imagine other companies how they're surviving. Well, they're not. And that's the really sad, scary part. so scary and so sad, especially hourly workers. Like if you and I were both waitresses, well, I would be a waiter. You would be a waitress. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, what... How how are people living? It really breaks my heart because I I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. And I hope that like we can find hope. If in any of you guys listening, if you're struggling at all, please reach out to us. I'm one person actually reached out to me on Instagram and she's a respiratory therapist. 
And she said that her hospital doesn't have the proper equipment right now, like personal protective equipment. And so I actually got an email from a company that sells personal protective equipment. And I am trying to see if I could get them to do a little charity work where they would just donate some, at least masks, you know, masks and gloves. But you would think they would be doing anyway. I'm sure a lot of people are donating. But anyways, so, you know, if there's something that I can do, just reach out. I mean, if there's something that I can do for you, I would love to be able to help you in some way, shape or form, Yeah. especially if you're at a hospital and you need supplies, you just let us know. And I will try my absolute best to try to figure out a way that there's really like none around. It's shocking. And the other sad thing is that now businesses are like jacking up the prices on a mask. I Which mean, is silly. Do not try to profit off this coronavirus. Like, what no. are you, crazy? I mean, this is sticking around for, for a while. You know? Yeah. But anyways, I don't want this whole episode to be doom and gloom of coronavirus. Can you hear my daughter in the background screaming? Well, and that's been the hardest part was coming home and, and not being able to see my parents and having to FaceTime with my brother and sister. Like, that's just the hardest thing is that we can't give hugs to our loved ones yet. Yeah, but I'm thankful we're home in our own space. All the baby stuff is here. Yeah. The thing is, is that I didn't want to risk us going into like flying into the epicenter, obviously, like flying home. But I also didn't want to stay in Florida where we didn't have a home. We didn't right. have our supplies. We didn't have our family. We had nobody. So I was like, what do we do? We risk yeah. one day and fly home and then just stay put? Yeah. Or do we stay in a in the state that we don't even have we have nothing yeah so we are at day six which is supposedly when symptoms should present themselves by like day three they could yeah. start but i mean that's why you quarantine for 14 days right. though doug because which is what we decided before yeah, we're definitely gonna quarantine for 14 days yeah uh i don't know if you could hear our daughter she's screaming I dog know. i know hold on one second Wait, doug, everybody I'm gonna, i'll keep chatting with them and you can go grab gracie okay this is the this is the work at home while your kid is at home except for i'm usually we do this while she's sleeping so we really don't have any excuse she's just not napping right now doug is gonna run upstairs and take care of gracie thank you guys so much for heading over to to the podcast on Apple. That's where we actually give the shout outs, like the reviews, but any place you listen, thank you so much for just taking a time out of your day to just leave us a five-star review and tell us that you like us because that always makes us smile. So the one from today that we want to give a shout out to is she's from fellow RN Ginny. And she says, I watched you guys on Married at First Sight and have followed you through your love and baby's journey. For someone who has also had multiple miscarriages, I can relate to Jamie. I love hearing all about your journeys and cannot wait to see your baby boy. Henley is so adorable. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to see your new home in Florida as well. Aw, thank you so much, Ginny. I really, really appreciate it. Speaking of people reaching out, though, someone else reached out to me. They emailed me, and I'm not going to say names, but it was kind of like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> and I know that she meant well. So if you're listening, you know, no no hard feelings whatsoever. But I was reading it, and I was like, so you're saying you didn't like me. Got it. She was basically like, I did not like you when I watched Married at First Sight. You were so judgmental and hard on Doug. And, you know, I got to be honest, I just didn't like you for a long time. But then I started listening to your podcast and I started following on Instagram. And now that I feel, I, I feel like I know you better now. And I actually relate to a lot of different things with you. And I was like, hmm, I, is that a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing? I don't know. Thanks for liking me now. <laughs> I guess I got such a bad rap on married at first sight. I gotta be honest. And I would literally cry. I'm not even kidding you. I would cry after every single episode because Twitter was so mean to me. But now if someone's mean to me, I genuinely just ignore it because unless they have like some sort of valid point and then I'll apologize. 
or if they're mean to my daughter, that's what I cannot just, I try to be quiet about it. I cannot be quiet about that. Like I will not stand for that. Like do not, you can diss me and talk about me all you want, but do not talk about my daughter or my husband or our family. (laughs) And the other thing that I am so excited about total change of subject. (laughs) I'm literally scatterbrained with this pregnancy. I kid you not. Like I was just making dinner and we're literally just eating whatever's in the pantry because we genuinely haven't gone out whatsoever in the whole time that we've been here. Doug went out once to get his medicine because obviously he has to have his medicine and we are not leaving because not even so much that if we catch it, but if what if we have it and we caught it in the airport by accident and then we accidentally give it to another person who accidentally gives it to another person and one of those people die like, oh my gosh, that would break my heart. So I was like, you know what, if we're going to be good citizens after frolicking around and not taking this seriously, then we have to self quarantine ourselves and we have to take that very, very seriously so that we're not spreading this virus. But anyways, needless to say, I was making dinner with for, for Doug and Gracie and I, and I had, we had like pasta leftover from last night. So Gracie and I just ate that because I'm lazy AF. Doug wanted rice. So I was like, okay, I can boil some water and throw some rice in there. Plus there was only one box of rice left. So it wasn't enough for all of us. I took off the olive oil cap. Like I, I, Gracie, I put like cheese, like Parmesan cheese, garlic, salt, and olive oil on hers. I took off the cap and I genuinely cannot find it. I like have checked the pantry. I've checked the floors. Like if I dropped it, I don't even know what I was doing. I have no idea what I did with this olive oil cap, like (laughs) random story, (laughs) but it's just like my brain is so fried with this pregnancy. I swear to goodness. But speaking of groceries, like I didn't want to tell our family or anybody because I didn't want anybody to go, you know, go to the store and think they have to buy groceries for us or anything like that. Like we're not going to starve, but we genuinely have like a bear fridge and a bear freezer. I mean, we obviously like when we left, we gave all the perishable type stuff to my in-laws, all the vegetables, the fruits, the anything, the cheese, we gave it all to them. We did keep condiments because those don't really go bad. And we, anything that was like in the pantry we kept, but our fridge is empty, like a completely empty. I was smart. I was going to pat myself on the back. While we were in Florida, I knew that it was like a war zone up here. And the fact that like, you can't even get a delivery order. I mean, I tried getting a delivery order for when we arrived and every single place I checked, there was no delivery available. So I checked that for like two to three days because I had known about a week ahead of time that we were going to be arriving. And every single day that I checked, there was no delivery order available. And I knew that I didn't want to go out to the store and risk, you know, spreading this if I, if we caught it or picking it up if we hadn't. So I literally went to the store while we were in Florida and I bought like stable shelf milk and things like that. I actually got almond milk and coconut milk and bread and bagels and I shipped it home. <laughs> like I put it like in the luggage to ship, like to bring it home with us. So we have, you know, we're fortunate to have that kind of stuff, but needless to say, it's been six days and we're really running out of everything. And I, last night at two o'clock in the morning, don't ask, I'm telling you, like my, I'm just like, it's, pregnancy I don't know if you've been pregnant I guess you you probably get it like you can't sleep you can't think straight you're sore AF like my tushy has hemorrhoids again and I'm like ugh, (laughs) it's just a mess but all is gonna be worth it for this baby of course but anyways I finally saw that there was an opening for delivery and it's not gonna come until Thursday but there is an opening for delivery and I was like Doug I like woke Doug up next to me I was just like browsing online like every single day I've been checking at different hours of the day to see if when there would be a delivery for for groceries and we got one so by Thursday 
were going to have like, you know, the essentials. And I'm not hoarding because they don't even let you hoard anymore. Thank God. Because otherwise I wouldn't even be able to get groceries. There's still no toilet paper, which I'm sure you're well aware of. But I just wanted to get just a little bit of everything because we are so incredibly bear like I'm probably gonna do an Instagram story now that we're talking about it just to show you like I'm not exaggerating whatsoever our fridge is empty but anyways we're not starving we got rice we've got pasta so we're good and also while I'm talking about delivery services and things like that I just want to like genuinely from the bottom of my heart if you're someone who is working at a grocery store or working someplace that's still open or you're delivering or whatever the case may be, you're still working and you're, you know, you have no choice but to go kind of into the public. I just want to give you like the biggest shout out, especially if you have kids at home, if you're pregnant, if you have, you know, elderly folk in your life, like genuinely, like just the biggest shout out because it's a very selfless act. I know you have to work and it's probably not so easy for you to be able to go out there. I would be terrified to be very honest. All of my nurse friends, I I just love them so much and I'm so proud of them. And, you know, they're they're working really, really hard and then they're going home and stripping and cleaning themselves as best they can. So if, God forbid, it's on them in any way, shape or form, they're not bringing it to their babies and to their husbands. And my heart just goes out to all of you who are literally in the, the war zone every single day. You know, just know that people are, I am praying for you. People are praying for you and we're thinking of you and we appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. Speaking of that, next week I am going to have my nurse friend on. Her name's Sarah and we both worked at, well, she still works at Columbia Presbyterian, but I'm sure you guys remember from season one of Married at First Sight when Doug and I got married. I lived in Manhattan and I worked at Columbia Presbyterian. It's the number one hospital in New York State. It's like number four in the nation, number seven in the nation. It's a very, very prestigious hospital. It's a very, very well known for being like the best of the best. And they have recently banned any support person from coming into the hospital with a laboring patient. And obviously you can, you can imagine there's a lot of uproar about that. And I'm a pregnant woman, so I understand the uproar, but I'm also a nurse and I understand exactly why they're putting this rule in place. And I just kind of thought that it would be nice for me to bring on someone from behind the scenes. And we're not going to talk about the COVID virus, the coronavirus, you know, forever. But for this week and next week, I do want to talk about it because it is a pandemic. It is really, truly something that is taking over not just our country and not just this side of the world, but the whole entire world has been affected by this. So it's something I think that we do need to talk about. We don't need to live in fear. We don't have to like fret. That's why I have today that, you know, we have Alex Willis on who's going to tell us exactly like the real facts. And then next week, I'm going to have my friend Sarah on who's a registered nurse from Columbia Presbyterian. And we're going to just chat about what it is it like in the hospitals, like literally taking care of these patients or trying to survive yourself. And also why they did ban having support people in the labor and delivery room. And on that note, I don't know if you follow on Instagram or not. I'm obviously I love Instagram, clearly very active on there. I just love connecting with you guys there and here. Uh, those are my two favorite ways to like kind of chat with you guys. But Doug and I have been seriously trying to decide whether or not we have a hospital birth. Oh, <laughs> oh, Gracie just Gracie just came. Hi, sweet girl. Are you wearing daddy's shirt? She, Doug, why is she in our shirt? Or your because shirt? when I walked upstairs, Uh-oh. Henley's water was all over her oh. and all over her high chair and all over the floor. And 
you yeah. did. And Henley spilled everywhere. So I, okay, ran, random, this podcast is all over the place. Sorry about that, guys. This is what it real is, life. like quarantined. Yeah, real life is parents. But, uh, and we're definitely not editing it out because I like being super transparent and honest with you guys. Mm-hmm. So you know the archaic life. But, um, <laughs> boo, baby. <laughs> I'll see you in a second. I just made dinner and I put Gracie, I put her in the high chair with her favorite show on TV, this dinosaur show. And I was like, Doug, let's just try to do it now. We left the door open. So of course we could hear for her. But um, turns out (laughs) she made a huge mess. Of course she did. What I was just about to say is that we've been thinking hospital, birthing center, or a home birth. And never in a million years would I ever consider a home birth since after having gone to school and working on the labor and delivery unit for as long as I had. But then my friend Deanna, who works at the hospital in Jersey that I worked at, texted me the other night and told me that they had their first coronavirus positive patient coming to the unit. And honestly, my heart sunk. And I would have never, ever done the home delivery ever. But if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm into like you know, just as natural and organic, I guess that's such a cliche word, but you know, I don't want it to be like man-made and full of chemicals and like the least amount of interventions is right up my alley. But home birth is just scary since I, since I'm a nurse and I've seen too many catastrophes last minute. So, you know, we were like maybe birthing center, but then we were like, well, the the closest one's an hour away. And like, what if we don't even make it? Like then we're birthing a baby in our car all by ourselves. Like that just doesn't seem feasible per se and then the last option would be a home birth which I was pretty much like no no way and Doug of course was like no no way but I wanted to I really believe in like keeping your mind open and having all of your options laid out before you and researching each and every single one of them without having some like opinion before you even know what you're talking about and so that's exactly what I did. I just researched every single option. Of course, if you have a high-risk pregnancy or if you if you have to go to the hospital, that is truly the best place to go to deliver your baby. Like whether there's a coronavirus outbreak or not, the hospital is still the absolute safest place to have your baby if you have any sort of question that your pregnancy or your delivery is risky. But the hospitals are being overrun. So now the question is, okay, if you have a healthy pregnancy, maybe you shouldn't go to the hospital. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. Like, there's not enough beds for everybody. There's not enough personal protective equipment for the staff. Uh, Obviously, you're going to the place where most people who are very sick go, so you are at risk of potentially catching it or, if you have it, giving it to someone else. But if you have it, of course you still go. That's That's what it's there for. And I think that the next thing is if you're healthy and you don't have any of these risks, maybe you go to a birthing center or maybe you consider having a home birth. And that's me. Like I've had a very, very healthy pregnancy. Of course, you guys know that I lost Jonathan in my second trimester and I had trouble getting this pregnancy. So I lost two pregnancies prior to this pregnancy. But as far as pregnancy itself goes, I've had absolutely no issues. And when I had to, I had Gracie, when I delivered Gracie, it was absolutely perfect. I mean, I couldn't have been better, truly. And I was like, maybe it would be almost like selfish of me to go to the hospital and take that spot when someone who's really, really sick needs it. And the nurses don't have to like waste all of their supplies on me when there's people out there who need it more than me. Maybe the more logical thing to do, on, and, and even for my side too, not just to sound self, selfless or anything, but like then I'm not even exposing myself 
myself or my family to the coronavirus. We don't have to worry about Gracie being with my in-laws for so long because just in case we catch the coronavirus and God forbid my baby catches coronavirus, I don't even know what would happen. So long story short, we have come to the decision that we are going to have a home delivery, I think. <laughs> like we're 99.9% sure. I'm still interviewing midwives and I will be and until I'm like 100% sure, you know, we're not going to, you know, make that decision, but I'm really being open-minded about it and so is Doug. And uh, yeah, so that's where we're at when it comes to that. And that's kind of like the explanation why I know a lot of people are wondering, like two weeks ago, you said you would never have a home birth. And now you're saying you you might like, what are you like? Who are you like? Are you, what is going on? Well, there you go. There you have it. The nuts and the bolts in the thick of it. And I can hear Gracie upstairs with Doug. So I'm going to go relieve him from her, but he'll be back. And then as soon as he comes back, we'll get Alex on for you. So you can hear right from an infection control scientist herself exactly what's happening behind the scenes with the coronavirus. She is very, very efficient at just explaining it in normal terms, really, and what they do to help prevent these types of viruses from exploding. And just want to make it clear that she's not working on the coronavirus herself. She works with other bacteria and viruses and diseases and whatnot, but she works alongside those who are working at the forefront with the coronavirus. So, all right, let me go get Doug <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you guys. I'll be right back, guys. You know, you turn your back on a two-year-old and within one second, you have a clean floor and the next second you have oatmeal everywhere. But I did get most of it up and I left all of the Mrs. Myers cleaning set up there for Jamie to pick up where I left off. And we actually got the Mrs. Myers from Grove Collaborative. And if you haven't checked out their online marketplace, you can go to grove.co, grove.co. You know, Jamie and I made a choice to try to replace all of the um, any products that had harsh chemicals or just words that we couldn't pronounce to have a more healthy and more natural um, living, especially with like the soaps that we use, the detergents now that having a baby and Grove just makes it super easy to find all of those types of products. They only carry healthy plant based non-toxic cleaning products that actually work. And all of it gets delivered right to your door. They have um, natural home, beauty, personal care products. I mean, they really do take all of the guesswork out of going green. All their products are safe for the environment um, and actually cuts down on plastics. And Jamie and I are one of the over 2 million households that trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. And for your first order, shipping is always free. And actually, if you go to grove.co slash HMCP, you'll get their five piece cleaning set from Mrs. Myers. They come in really nice uh, mint and rose scents, which is a $30 value. So just really check out grove.co slash HMCP and you get the exclusive spring cleaning set. That's grove.co slash HMCP. And for anyone that has seen or been curious about the benefits of CBD, and I'm sure you've seen CBD everywhere, definitely check out Hemp Fusion. It's uh, a CBD brand that actually includes 
omegas and terpenes. Uh, plus, it has other natural ingredients to help you feel absolutely incredible. They do this because CBD actually works best when when combined with other natural nutrients and ingredients. And my dad swears by it. I mean, the guy can't walk for more than a hundred yards at a time, but he takes his hemp fusion, and uh, his hemp fusion actually helps specifically with stress, sleep, and energy, along with other benefits that CBD brings. And it's available both online and at natural product retailers near you. It's shipped anywhere in the U.S. You can use our promo code HMCP, get 20% off your first order and free shipping. Go to hempfusion.com, use the promo code HMCP, and get Hemp Fusion shipped anywhere in the U.S. And a quick note, pregnant and or nursing women should not use CBD products. So Jamie, you cannot have this. And whether it is sleep, stress, or energy, or anything that you want to change about yourself, but don't have the time to see a therapist, don't have the money to go to a therapist, definitely check out Talkspace. It's an online therapy. It's the most affordable and convenient way to make a change in your life. And when you go to Talkspace.com, they will match you with the therapist that you need. There's over a thousand trained therapists in over 40 specialties. So if you have something very specific to work on, they'll find somebody for you. And it is completely on your time. You can send a text, you can go audio, you can do a picture, video message, phone, computer. You don't have to make an appointment. It's that convenient and it's completely secure but also just on your schedule and Jamie and I have both used Talkspace for our own personal reasons but you know life can get hard obviously and Talkspace is a platform that gives you the support that you need and at a price you can afford but more importantly it's on your timeline so you can actually get a hundred dollars off your first month Um, you can Go to Talkspace.com, get matched with a perfect therapist. You can download the app that they have. If you use the promo code Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, you'll get $100 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com. Use the code Jamie, get $100 off your first month. All right, enough about me, enough about us. Let's bring on Alex. So we know everyone has been talking about the coronavirus and we definitely don't want to cause more panic or talk about it too much, but we feel like it's so necessary to have an expert on so that you can know the facts versus the myths. So this week we have Alex Willis. She's a young female scientist and infection researcher from the UK on the podcast. She went to Imperial College in London and studied new ways to treat bacterial infections, including other good bacteria. She's now in Canada and looking at some mysterious parasites under the microscope. She's passionate about making science available for everyone. And so she is here today to answer all of our questions about this new virus. And let me tell you, I have so many questions because I don't want to be panicked and scared, but I kind of have become a bit panic and scared. So Alex, thank you so much for being here on the podcast with us. Yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. So like I have been telling my family, they've been asking lots of questions. And I just think getting something that's publicly available is like a really great way to reach out to people and make a big difference. Because I think even small differences with this virus are going to have like a huge effect. I think there's a lot of information that's coming from so many different channels, like the access to social media. It's so great in terms of information, but 
there's so many different places where you can find information uh-huh. about the coronavirus and you don't know what is real and what's not. And I think that's a lot of the panic that's happening is the amount of knowledge that people don't necessarily know what to believe. So maybe if you could yeah. just kind of give us the gist of this, how serious is the virus and kind of take it from there? Okay, so I agree. This is like all about teaching people. We do not want to panic anyone, but I think it's really important to realize that this epidemic is very serious. A lot of very well-respected people are saying that this is going to be the most life-changing event since World War II, which is big for sure. I mean, countries all around the world are locking down their borders. They're making huge lifestyle changes. Everyone's working from home. Cinemas are shut down. Restaurants are shut down. So this is for sure big. It looks like the worst pandemic we've seen since there was a pandemic called the Spanish flu, like 100 years ago. That killed 50 million people. And we really do not want to repeat that. I don't know if you have the information on the Spanish flu. How was that sidelined? How did that stop? So I think that took like a couple of years. So like, I'm not sure you can quote me on this, but like, I think it took a couple of years to subside. But obviously, it was a very different world back then. There was a lot less transport, a lot less people traveling from country to country. So I guess it probably took a longer time to spread. I think actually social distancing was a big thing with the Spanish flu as well, if I'm correct. So question about what we're going through right now, right here with coronavirus. How can we prevent and protect ourselves from receiving it? I think that's like everyone's number one big question. At this point, the virus is in a lot of countries, probably the vast majority of countries, and it's being spread by lots of individuals within those countries. So it's in the community now. There's not a lot we can do to stop it. It's not just cases coming into the US from China or Italy. It's being spread by people who live in your town, right? And so at the minute, the only way we can deal with this is to slow the spread. And we do that by self-isolating. And so the slower this disease travels through a community, the less of a burden it's going to be on the health system, which is like a huge risk. We just do not want the hospitals to be maxed out. That's the danger, right? So like in Italy, there was just like a massive wave of people in the hospitals, right? And so there, the death rate is 8% of people who test positive do not make it. And that's crazy. And that is because the health system is just completely overwhelmed. And so doctors are like deciding who to treat. So they're like, we'll pick this young person because like they have a better chance. Um, And we do not want doctors making those decisions like we don't want them to have to do that so for sure self-isolation is like a huge factor I just wanted to quickly touch on social distancing and self-isolation because just like Doug said earlier, you can find so much information on social media and on the news and all these different things are coming at you. So real fast and just like layman terms, what is social distancing? How do you do this in real life? What is self-isolating? How can we really make sure that we're doing this correctly in order to prevent spreading this virus? Yeah, for sure. There's like so many definitions. No one knows what social distancing is. It's come into our vocabulary very recently. So it's really important to define it. So basically, it means staying indoors in your house with your family unless you have to go out. If you want to go to a pharmacy or if you need to get groceries or if you need to look after a vulnerable person, like maybe an elderly person that can't themselves go out, that's when you leave the house. This is serious. For a lot of people, it's going to mean not going to church because there's a lot of elderly people in the church community. You are saving lives by avoiding big groups of people for sure. And I think that's going to be tough for a lot of people, especially just getting cabin fever. If we do have to go out, what precautions should we take? 
Yeah, so this is definitely going to be tough on people's mental health, distancing from their friends and family. So one thing I would say about social distancing is for sure make use of technology. Like I've been calling a lot of my friends that like people I wouldn't even normally have so much time to speak to, checking with my family, FaceTiming my grandma, making connections with like everyone else is going to be super important. But if you do have to go out, you just need to be as safe as you possibly can be. So like bring over 60% alcohol hand sanitizer if you have it and just don't touch anything unless you really need to. I've seen a lot of kids out with their parents grocery shopping, which I get is unavoidable sometimes. But like there was this mom in like latex gloves and like in the meanwhile, this kid was just touching everything. It really mm, defeats really grabbing the purpose. Stuff. <laughs> I don't have kids, but like maybe you can give them something to hold, like yeah. a toy so they're not... Touching everything. Yeah. Because then you know. with your latex gloves, then you're going to touch your kid and your kid's probably already touched their mouth even before you touch them. So therefore your kid's already been yeah. exposed. That's a really good thought. Interesting you said more than 60% alcohol and I really want to touch on the fact that like it is so hard to find hand sanitizer and any sort of sanitizer right now. I know there are at-home remedies and we're not going to go into that but for everyone listening maybe you don't have any sanitizer. I mean we're in Florida right now as we record this episode and we know that we're taking a flight home this weekend. You guys know we record these early so that they can come out on time and I'm terrified to take this flight home. I'm not even gonna lie. I do want to wear latex gloves and I want to wear a mask. I know that it doesn't really do much to help me, but what if I'm a carrier? I mean, I was out and about before I really realized how serious this was. We could very well all be carriers. So I'm going to try to wear a mask on our flight home and we're going to try to sanitize everything. Let's say I am a carrier. What are some of the signs and symptoms that I could be expecting to see? Okay. So if you pick it up, like probably you're going to get sick like four to five days later, although it could be like two weeks. So never rule it out. And So the two big ones to look out for is like a dry cough, sore throat sort of situation and a fever. They're the two big ones. And also like people get like achy and sometimes like have headaches. If you have a runny nose, that's not associated with this virus, like COVID-19, but it is like a respiratory virus. So it's going to affect your lungs, which is why a lot of people get difficulty breathing. And that's why so many people are being hospitalized and put on ventilators because it really attacks your lungs. Gotcha. But yeah, a lot of people, especially young people, get this virus and have no symptoms at all, which kind of sounds like a good thing. But then you have the people who like don't know their carriers and then it's like two weeks of lunch dates and like play dates. And then before you know it, you've passed on this virus to a lot of people. So yeah, it's- and grandma and grandpa are the ones who are yeah. most at risk. And something I really want to touch on for any of you guys listening who are pregnant, just because I was clearly terrified. And so Alex had DM'd me on Instagram and I saw it and responded. And then we just started chatting a little bit. And that's how we got her on the podcast. So thank you, Alex. <laughs> She's one of our yeah, girlfriends. Thank you so much. But I have been really almost ashamed to admit it, but it is what it is. Like I have been panicky. Like I'm due to have my baby in less than two months now. I'm in Florida. I'm not with family. I'm pregnant. This thing is happening. I can't prevent it. And usually with any flu we ever hear about, you always hear that women who are pregnant are highly susceptible because their immune systems are weakened. But I was really thinking because Alex actually sent me a link from the CDC and it basically said that if you're pregnant, first and foremost, no signs yet have been proven that it will transfer over to your baby in your uterus. So you're good there. Like you don't have to worry about your baby. And also no pregnant woman has died from the coronavirus yet. And there have been multiple pregnant ladies who have tested positive and only one has been on a respirator, but she had to have a C-section according to this article from the CDC. And that's another thing I really want to point out is that definitely pay attention to where you're getting your sources from because it's just all over the place. Just make sure that it's the CDC or the World Health Organization or 
an actual infection control scientist because otherwise it could be a lot of hearsay that you're getting. Yeah. What's the worst thing to do right now, Alex, as far as, I mean, literally, I'm sure this is a loaded question. (laughs) So I think the worst thing to do is act like nothing is happening. I am seeing people like going on holiday to like Spain. Spain is very affected right now. The worst thing to do is for sure act like nothing's happening and just carry on business as usual. Also, you need to strike a careful balance between self-isolating and self-isolating calmly. There is no need to grab 300 toilet rolls. We're not expecting supplies to run out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real fast on that. No, I really wanted to touch base on this because I actually saw this on Instagram too and I find it very, very important. I don't want to forget. But if you see a sign when you're grocery shopping and it says WIC or WIC approved, Mm -hmm. I would caution you to like try to get a different brand that maybe doesn't have that sign if you're using cash because WIC or WIC is women, infant, child. And the women who need this program are women who cannot afford groceries. And I grew up with my mom. She had five kids. She was a single mom. She had a hard time keeping a job. That was literally the only food we had in the house sometimes. So if it's not on the shelves, these families are not eating. And I guarantee you their kids were expecting their meal at school and they're probably at home. So just be very cautious of the food that you are buying and the toilet paper rolls and the sanitizer and all the things because we don't need to hoard it. Thank God for Amazon delivery. There's like all these sorts of delivery sites. Let us healthy younger folk not hoard all the stuff because the older people and the ones who have less money and are less fortunate than us, they have no choice but to only get the WIC or WIC approved items. For example, I plan on not using baby wipes when I get home and we're just going to use washcloths for my daughter and for ourselves because if we're taking the essential needs from the needier population, it just does no good for them. And so if we are able to kind of sacrifice and be selfless at any time in life, like this could be one of them where we can kind of help out our community. But okay, rant over. And uh, (laughs) and just like I really feel that need to like share that because it breaks my Mm -hmm. heart. There are kids who are going to be hungry. There were times when I was a kid and I was hungry and it just brings back old feelings, you know? And so anyways, I just wanted to share that real fast. Yeah, I think that's a super important perspective to have as well. And Alex, how long does this virus outside of the body last if it's on a surface or on your hands? Okay, so apparently it lasts like different amounts of time on like all surfaces. So like cardboard is one day, like steel is two days, plastic is three days, which is a long time, right? Even if you're like social isolating, you're allowed to leave your house for like a walk, just like kind of stay away from everyone else. But one of the things I saw was like, if you have kids, try avoid using like playground structures, because if the coronavirus can live on plastic and metal for like two, three days, these things aren't getting cleaned. That's something that you would want to avoid, I'd say. Oh my gosh, I wish that I had talked to you literally this morning rather than right now because we're self-quarantining here in Florida it's really not taken as seriously it doesn't seem but we just decided we're going to self-quarantine obviously we're like go to the airport and airplane so now we're going to start all fresh again 14 days or even longer I mean I don't really want to be around anybody you know like so I took Gracie out there's this little like playground in the development we're at no one's ever there so I was like oh that'll be a safe place to take her let her slide down the slide I mean she's probably going nutty in this house with me and trying to get like creative of like different things to do with her. I do not want to spread panic whatsoever, but it is scary. So in that type of a circumstance, what do we do, Alex? Like now that it's done? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming probably just wash her hands really well. But yeah, it's done just wash her hands, wash the clothes. The thing is with this virus, the good thing about it is that with viruses, they're encased by this like fatty layer. So actually soap is super effective at getting rid of this virus. You must have seen all this stuff like wash your hands. Yes, um, of course. So yeah, so like in the same way, like soap's going to cut through like grease on your dishes or like cuts through this fatty layer and like kills the virus. So wash your hands for 20 seconds. And so that's like the happy birthday song twice disinfecting stuff like your phones get like a bit of soap and water like obviously just like a damp cloth and go over them just stuff like that and your keys like things you're touching a lot is probably a good idea question on that because antibacterial soap is like forget it you're never gonna find it i mean at least i've Mm -hmm. tried and i haven't found it so are you saying that regular like dove soap or bar soap can in fact kill this virus and it can be effective yeah, experts are saying that it is much better. So like if you have soap and water, like that is the way to go for sure. Hand sanitizer should not be used instead of soap and water. It's like a I'm out in public. This is a last resort sort of thing. Oh my gosh. Thank you for clarifying that because yeah. I did not know. And I really thought that maybe the 99.9% killers of the world, you know, the Lysol, the mm-hmm, Purell mm-hmm. and all that was like elite. But it sounds like soap and water is actually the best route yeah, to take. Soap and water is great. Anything that will clean your dishes will clean Clean your hands. So let's just say that there's a big rainstorm that happens outside. Is water going to kill a lot of this as well? So I think it's really the soap that does the job. The water's like the vessel or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. One thing that people did say about the weather is that obviously we see things about seasonality with the regular flu. It comes in waves in the winter and that could be for like a few reasons. Your immune system's a bit better in the summer. So really high temperatures can make a virus dry up faster. It like kills it essentially. You're in a hot country. It's not like if you're in Florida, you're not going to get it. It's just going to maybe slow the spread a little bit. But we're still seeing pretty intense spread in places like Australia and like it's hot there. Yeah, that's really good to know because we had a very difficult time deciding whether we should just stay here because it's safer because it's warm or if we should go take the risk and go back home and be near our family and in our home even though we you know we're buying mm-hmm. a home in Florida so we did decide it is way better to go where I already have a doctor I know and our family is nearby we have a house that we know our dog is up there why is it that not many kids are getting it like toddlers I don't know. So actually, if there's one thing to be grateful for with this thing, it's that young kids do pretty well with it. Right. Um, So like with this Spanish flu I was talking about, I think that was pretty hard on young adults. Actually, elderly people were like a little bit more immune to it. Interesting, So that was really tough on young adults. But this small blessing, kids don't seem to be too affected. They're just Um, carriers. Yeah. (laughs) There's not enough data on like why necessarily yet, but just the stronger your immune system, the better off you are. Gotcha. Which, I mean, that could be a whole other topic. But speaking of that, like definitely take your vitamins and supplements truly because like Alex said, the stronger your immune system, the better you are at fighting off any sort of illness and virus or infection. So I don't know. I'm really big on that. But something I wanted to ask you, I'm sure we're not the only ones who are faced with the tough decision of how to travel like when you absolutely have to travel. Should you fly or should you drive? Which one is a better option? So it depends which airport you're flying to and from. Yeah. So I know there's been some crazy scenes at like Chicago O'Hare Airport. People like packed in together and like that's doing no good for sure. Right. But I'm under the impression that America at least is in the international terminals. Right. Like flying within America, I think is better. 
some planes are like super empty, right? Because people don't want to go on holiday, like they want to stay right. where they are. So actually, yeah, I think you made a good decision with flying home for sure. Also, you just want to get home ASAP. Exactly. Like, that was it for us. I mean, we would 100% drive, except A, we have a toddler, which is obviously going to slow us down. Mm-hmm, B, I'm mm-hmm. pregnant, so I have to drink. Anybody who's been pregnant, you just pee yeah. all the effing time. Or you get Braxton Hicks and go into preterm labor if you don't drink. So to yeah. us, it was like, we are going to be exposed way more by stopping at random gas stations and hopefully like yeah. a restaurant that's open, finding hotels that are open, sanitizing it all, and the stress level, which decreases your immune system. I mean, it just was like, uh-huh. we literally weighed our pros and cons for both. Both and flying, it was like a no brainer for us. So we called the airline for anybody who has no choice but to fly, because of course that's really, really scary. I literally asked the person on the phone for multiple different times and multiple different days and asked how full the flight was. And I opted for this one flight on a Sunday that's kind of like in the middle of the afternoon. Apparently, no one wants to fly then because it's only 30% full. As of right now, we're in the middle row and there's no one behind us or in front of us. So, Uh I mean, I know that's not the best, nothing's the best. But I mean, it's better than nothing. So for those of you guys listening, if you have to fly, then maybe you could do something like that. Call me crazy, but I'm definitely bringing sanitizer 100%, putting it all over every single seat. Gracie has her own car seat. We'll be carrying that and bringing that. So I'm kind of thankful for that because then we can strap her in and she can't touch as many things. Uh So kind of switching topics, if you feel like you are coming down with these symptoms and you have the dry cough, you started to get a few fever. What is the best thing for people to do? This is such a good question, Doug, because should people go to the doctors or the urgent care or the ER or I mean, what should they do, Alex? So self-isolate as soon as you feel symptoms coming on because like, you know, they could be mild or they could be a lot, but either way, you're going to be contagious. And I'm not super familiar with the healthcare system in the US. So I think everyone should just know one number that you should be calling before you get sick because you don't want to be sick and then finding it harder to breathe today. So now I'm going to panic and like try find these numbers, like know who you need to call. Right. My company even put out a message and we're working remote. So thankfully I have a job in software yeah. where I can you know work remote, but they sent out a mass communication with a number to call saying, if you feel these symptoms, here's a number to call to hop on a video chat with a physician. And I don't think it's available to everybody, but anybody that mm-hmm. does have insurance, I'm pretty sure they have those precautions set in place. But you're right. It's not waiting until it's panic mode because that will cause you to do drastic things. It's making sure that should this happen, plan ahead, get a number to call, get the instructions on how to even get out of your house or stay in your house. And I think it's important to be proactive with this. Yeah, I agree. And one other thing that I wanted to mention was the majority of people are not going to end up hospitalized with this virus. Like you're going to just like look after yourself at home as if it was regular flu, which is like lots of rest, lots of water. But the other thing that seems to be going around at the minute, so I think actually like the French government put this advice out and like other scientists have been saying similar things, is that if you do get a fever, you should be using Tylenol um, and not Advil. They think that maybe Advil can make you worse. It's unclear if there's even a suggestion that's going to make you sicker, use Tylenol instead. Yeah. A lot of what I was watching and just going on YouTube, that's pretty much all you see. And, you know, you hear these stories from survivors saying you start to feel something and then you get better before you get Mm -hmm. worse. And it seems like the cases that are most prevalent and what's really hospitalizing people is the pneumonia part where you're getting fluid in your lungs. And it almost 
almost sounds like if you have underlying health issues, that's when it can be cause for panic and can be very, very serious if you're already have an underlying condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so thank you for giving me a chance to talk about that firstly. Of course, like elderly people are most at risk, it seems, but also people with underlying health conditions. So like cancer patients, if you're having chemo, obviously you want to be so careful. But also people who have conditions that affect their lungs. If you have asthma, you want to go make sure you have an inhaler because this is going to be like a respiratory disease. So know where your inhaler is. On the same note, it's a lung condition. So if you are a smoker or like you know someone who smokes, please advise them to stop as soon as possible like Douglas. stopping smoking actually has pretty good effects quite quickly if you can avoid being in a hospital bed just avoid it they say vaping um, is fine though with it uh, <laughs> no you can't take like, it seriously vaping also was bad yeah uh, i don't know what's like <laughs> which one of those is worse i guess when this is all said and done we'll see the effect of vaping on young people's lungs because a lot of young people vape and so we're gonna see if those people get hospitalized that's gonna be scary well i think it's almost like any smoker you know where you ruin that cilia that helps you get the mucus out mm-hmm, of your lungs mm-hmm. and you know if that can't happen that's when the fluid builds up and that's when you start to have real respiratory issues because you can't get yeah. that fluid out how will we know that this is kind of like at an upswing meaning how do we know that this is starting to subside do we expect treatment do we expect a vaccine to come or is it just something that we're going to have to just wait it out so Vaccines are a super important way to combat infection. So basically, a vaccine is just going to be giving like a dead or very weak virus to healthy people, basically, so that when your immune system sees it the next time, you're going to be like ready to go with like fighting infection. And so scientists have been working very, very hard. A lot of labs have been shut down, but people who work on coronavirus have been working overtime trying to like get a vaccine out. And so normally it would take a very long time, but already we're seeing the first human patient, I think in Seattle last week, was given a trial vaccination. Wow. Yeah, which is crazy for us. It's going to be like another 14 months before we know whether that was safe or like how effective it was. Okay. But we have vaccines against coronaviruses like seasonal flu, right? So there's every chance that there will be a vaccine. We're just going to have to wait it out, I think. One other question I have kind of on that same topic is, so no joke, we hired someone to help us when we get back home with the Mm -hmm. baby because I'll be working. I'm not taking maternity leave whatsoever. And Mm -hmm. she emailed me today saying that she tested positive for the coronavirus as well as her whole family. And she also said within the email that she really seems fine. Like she doesn't feel sick. She does have the virus, but she's absolutely fine. How does she know and how do I know when she truly is fine? Will she still be carrying the virus even though she's no longer symptomatic? She's barely symptomatic now. So yeah. Oh my gosh. How do we know when it is safe to be around people who have had the virus? So I think at the minute they're saying 14 days from the onset of symptoms, but this person tested positive. Yeah, so she tested positive recently. And actually, one of the nurses I work with at my old hospital, someone like an older man, 75 years old, died from the coronavirus Mm. in the ICU and he tested positive as well. So does the virus go away for someone that has it? Does it just die out with someone? Yeah, so I think 
you will be able to like fight the virus yourself and like when you're done you are not going to be infective anymore is like what I'm hearing so after I think 14 days of the symptoms you should be clear but maybe I will send you a link or something and look it up sure but I am really curious about a if someone has caught the virus and let's say it's been 14 days they have had no symptoms are they definitely not going to be spreading this virus to someone with a weaker immune system and then b is their immune system then stronger like let's say this virus comes back again next year will they then be better prepared to handle it because then they have antibodies in their system because they've already had the coronavirus so I've read in places that it can take 14 days for your symptoms to come on. So you could be shedding this virus for a while. And if you get sick, I think you can have it for like eight weeks or something, like if you're really, really sick. And so you could be shedding that virus for a long time, infecting a lot of people. With regards to your immunity question, there has been like some studies, there was like a monkey infected with COVID-19, and then it was unable to get reinfected, which is like a positive thing. And I think when they've tested human blood, after infection and they do see antibodies but only time is going to tell how long they're effective for so I think seasonal flu you're like immune for maybe six months so hopefully we see long-term immunity like six months to a year that would be like very important in controlling the virus yeah because then if you know that you can't get it again or if this is the type of virus that you won't be able to get again it almost seems like that's what they do with some of the flu vaccines where you know maybe we get a shot that gives us COVID COVID-19 or a lighter form of it. And then we build the antibodies in the immune system to combat it. Is that kind of how that works? Yeah. So it would just be giving you like a weaker version of the virus or like a dead version of the virus or even just like a bit of the virus so that your body has like seen it before. And then you're going to react a lot quicker and shut it down before it starts to cause any symptoms or like starts to like replicate in you. Yeah. So real fast, I have a couple kind of bullet point questions to ask you Mm -hmm. to just kind of there's a lot of information information overload. So for everyone listening, I just wanted to like throw out these final bullet point moments. So first is what kills this virus? Is it the hand soap? Is it the purest rubbing alcohol? Does peroxide help? What is the best way to kill the virus? So for sure, the best way to kill the virus is soap and water. A good 20 seconds of hand washing, like make sure you pay attention to like your fingernails and your thumbs. So this is going to sound silly, but if we go outside and we just lather ourselves with water and soap and just walk around, does that mean we won't get it? Doug, we're trying it. Yeah, he's just crazy. Ignore him. (laughs) I mean, you just lather yourself up with soap and water and walk around, then you can't get it. Doug, we're taking this seriously. I hope you are too. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, soap and water, hand washing thoroughly thumbs, fingernails, in between your fingers, everything. For sure, the best way to kill it. Does rubbing alcohol or hydrogen peroxide or any other form of antibacterial, antiviral thing help? So like disinfecting with over 60% alcohol will inactivate the virus. Also, so I did my research, it's like 0.5% hydrogen peroxide bleach will kill it or 0.1% sodium hypochlorite bleach. Oh, um, they're, the, they're the figures. So good to know. I'm going to have these all in the show notes because yeah. I think it's really, really important to have that bullet point. And then also real quick for our listeners, like bullet points are just quick signs and symptoms that they should be aware of to kind of pay attention to whether or not, first of all, if someone else has it, of course, stay away. But even if you do have it yourself, then of course, self-quarantine. What were those signs and symptoms again? So dry cough, fever, achiness, headache, they're the big ones. 
Gotcha. Okay. And then the very end of this, I just want to tell everybody listening. First of all, I know that it's easier said than done to say don't panic and don't let fear set in because I'm with you. I have been panicking and I have been fearful. But thank you, Alex, and all the infection researchers and doctors and all the scientists who are just really working hard for us. And the best thing that we can do as a community is to help them out by just staying inside only with our families and trying our best to, like Alex said, wash our hands and prevent it. And truthfully, like just remember the facts that, you know, in Italy, which is the worst country, it's only 8% death rate, which I know is very, very high. And I'm very shy to say only, but it could be worse. And so let's try to think about the positive. The glass is half full, not half empty. And we're working towards really, truly beating this COVID-19. So try to stay positive and wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on the podcast. I know that you're working really, really hard behind the scenes. And I hope that you can just tell all your colleagues that on behalf of us and all of our girlfriends listening and our guy friends too, thank you so much for spending so much time working on this virus. And again, taking your time out of your day to come and chat with us and share like the facts versus the myths. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for messaging me back and giving a platform. I think it will do a lot of good. So I saw this stat, like one person for 30 days, like spreads it to like 500 people potentially. So every person you reach is super important. Yeah. And how is it in Canada now? So actually I'm in Toronto and I think they got hit by SARS pretty bad when SARS was a right. thing. I, can't, I don't know what year. So people are very cautious. A lot of people are indoors, like all the restaurants are shut, like everything's shut. We're a couple of weeks behind the US, I think in terms of infection rate. So acting early is good. And so if anybody has any questions, if anybody needs any information, where would be the best place for people to go for any advice? People can for sure email me or I have a Twitter so I can make it more, it's like lots of scientists on it so I can make it more accessible and I can put things in like regular terms for everyone. I think Jamie's advice was great. Use reputable sources like World Health Organization is a good one. There's actually a couple of articles with like really helpful, nice looking diagrams that I think are good that maybe I can send you and you can link to. Sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, real fast, since you said people can email you, would you mind sharing your email just in case someone is dying to talk to you themselves. <laughs> yep. So it's Alexandra Rose Willis at gmail.com. Thank you so much for offering your email because there might be someone who needs some sort of clarifying answer mm-hmm. to something. So anyways, thanks for chatting with us. We really, really appreciate it, Alex. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I can't thank Alex enough for taking the time to to one reach out to us, but also provide us with all the information. And I think it certainly eased some of my nerves about this thing, because this is a world changing event. This is something that's going to be here for a little bit and you are already seeing the effects of it. And I think it's really up to us without getting on a soapbox. It's really, it's up to us to practice the self distancing, self isolation, quarantine. The only way that this is going to get curbed, which seems it's just practicing good hygiene and staying away from each other for the moment. And it sucks. It does. Um, You know, jobs are changing. Money is tight. But it's going to take all of us to stop the spread of this virus. And um, I just want to thank Alex again. And next week, our friend Sarah, who Jamie used to be a nurse with, uh, will actually be um, telling us a little bit more about what it's like inside the hospital 
uh, any other tips or what we should do if we feel like we need to go to the hospital. And um, I just want to wish everybody a happy quarantine. Um, I know it sucks. And I think what's what's easiest to do is choose what we focus on. And I think being positive is always something that can help. So we love you. We look forward to hearing from you. If you want to keep up to date on anything Hot Marriage Cool Parents, visit our Instagram page. You could also find Jamie at Jamie and Otis or me at Doug Hainer. And be safe out there. Wash your hands. Teach hygiene. Wash your hands and wash your hands. And we love you and goodbye. Goodbye.